0: well hello there it's another day I'm Jim Harrington and I am Bill Knight <laughs> oh, the smoke. somebody uh, yes. closed yes. the
1: window over there yes. yes
0: man he's uh he lives in the Northeast which right now is smothered by a cloud of uh, orange smoke have you seen some of the sunsets they do look pretty when you look at them if you go out at nighttime mm-hmm. it's instead of a uh, a bright you know, sun—it's it's an of a- orange ball with a
1: yeah. bigger orange ring around it. It's it, it, kind of weird. I, was, I sat on the porch last night and looked at it, and then I said, "What am I doing out here? I'm breathing in all these crap fumes that are coming from Canada—the wildfires that are out of control that they couldn't contain." And I'm like,
0: "Going, this is great." Uh, I didn't know what it was yesterday. I was—it's also coming the- from uh, the Upper Peninsula of Michigan too. So it's like in the center of our continent. Uh, that I guess there are some bad wildfires and. Uh, They're fighting them as we speak. Good luck. I went to uh, Gettysburg about a year and a half ago, Uh, and I had planned the trip, and I wanted to take some really beautiful pictures, and it was in July, and I'll never forget I got there, and I went up to Little Round Top, which you can't get up to now, by the way, because they're refurbishing the area, but I went up to Little Round Top because it has an incredible view of the area, and it was all smoke, all smoke. I didn't realize... How often that happens, I guess, when they have wildfires in in Canada and the Northwest, the uh, the jet stream must bring that. Smoke. Carry it, yeah. So uh, my question is: If we have a nuclear war, will the same? Well, thing I happen- that yeah. <laughs> yeah. Will the same thing happen to the Northeast if they drop a bomb in, let's say, Seattle or something like that? Will we get the fallout where we live?
1: Well, I mean, this uh, this uh, there's a new pandemic. You know, and uh, I'm going, well, it's in the ground and in the water, you know. I mean, you know, you got to be careful. But, you know, when you think about it, we've had viruses before in the water, and you think about the old plumbing and everything, yeah. But this bacteria came from overseas. It's come up through the Gulf, they say. But it can be carried in a storm in the air, so you... Breathe in, you got it, and it's got a 50%
0: kill ratio. So imagine what could be in that smoke. Yeah, it's called Burkholder area Say
1: that five times real fast. (laughs) No, I was
0: lucky getting it out once. It's likely uh, lurking in the soil and stagnant waters across 1,600 miles from Texas to Florida. My question is, what else have uh, they let come into the country along the Texas border? Huh?
1: Uh, well, good. the one thing you got to worry about if you live in those areas, and let's say that you um, you clipped a toenail too close, and you know you pulled it and Ooh. you got a little open wound Ouch. there. Yes, but you know now that's a place of entry for oh, I'll, I'll go and uh, wash this under you know the the, the water. Yes, the water. <laughs> you know. Well, that bacteria can be in your regular water, your drinking water. So if you've got an open wound. The air could carry it. The water could carry it. You get septus in the bone. If you've got, let's say, an organ that's got an abscess in it or an ulcer, all right? You know, so it gets ingested just through normal, you know, living, but it gets in your system, and, you know, you take your Tums every day and stuff like that, and it's not going to have any effect on this. You'll get those flu-like symptoms, and the next thing you know,
0: you're going to be one sick puppy. Only thing is, though, uh, I think it's hypocritical that the CDC warns you about these deadly bacteria. It They're sa- scaring It you. says, CDC warns deadly bacteria that kills up to 50% of patients detected across the U.S. And, uh, Gulf Coast. But then, in the same breath, the country allows millions of strangers with no physical testing at all to enter our country and then without any physical testing to speak of. They distribute them all around the country. Let's get everybody sick. If they've got something like if they have area Pseudomali, hey, well, might as well share it with you two up in the Northeast. So I think it's a joke. Also, I want to play this cut again. We played it yesterday. I want you no. to pay, I want you to pay attention to this. This is Eric Adams Mayor, and I say that with a grimace, mayor of New York. Listen. It is
2: my vision uh, to take the next step to this, to go to the faith based uh, locales, and then move to uh, private residents. Uh, There are residents who are suffering right now because of economic challenges. They have spare rooms. uh, They have locales. And if we can find a way to get over the 30-day rule and other rules that government has in, in its place, we can take that four point two billion dollars, four point three, it may be now, that we potentially we have to spend, and we could put it back in the pockets of everyday New Yorkers, everyday houses of worship, instead of putting it in the pockets of corporations. And some of those corporations come from outside our city.
0: Now this is the beginning. This is just Ooh. the beginning. Uh-huh. Uh, they're gonna they're gonna say at some point, you know, uh, we're not gonna ask you anymore. We're gonna tell you. Yeah. But yeah. I took another key thing
1: out of that that has nothing to do with what he was talking about, but it's very important. Now, he's a
0: Democrat, right? Yes, he is. I had my mic off. (laughs) Oh, okay. It doesn't work very well. No, it doesn't work when you got it off. I found that out once, (laughs) too.
1: But he's a Democrat, and he said, we can find a way to get around these rules,
0: these laws. Sure. We can jump them because we're Democrats. That's right. That's right. And rules were made for thee, but not for me. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, he yes. just did a tell on the entire damn party and, and
1: himself, you know, don't worry about the rules and the laws. Hey, I'm in charge
0: here. I can jump them. A guy in you know? Boston, I heard this this morning, a guy called uh, one of the, it was Jeff Cooner's show on WRKO yeah. in Boston. Guy does a good show. And um, he, this guy calls and says, you know. That's not in the future what we just talked about when mandating that you take somebody into your house. He said, that's already starting to happen. He said, he said I own a, a three-tenement house in, I think he was in Brockton. He said, and I got, a, I got a letter in the mail from the town saying they want to come by and do a space management assessment. Space management assessment. It's none of their business what you do inside your house. But the town that he lives in thought that they had the right to send him a letter. The guy said, I just tossed it in the basket. I'm not responding, which I think is the smart thing to do because that's a crock. But see, they don't think that way. We'd like to think that our, our officials think legally. Or they don't. Some of the people who are making these decisions are as dumb as a box of rocks not even shiny clean rocks dirty grungy rocks they are stupid okay and and it, but they'll do things that are dangerous like this space management assessment
1: could we you were, imagine if uh, they go to uh, apartments you know cuz not everybody owns a house so they're going after the landlords right now the private people and saying this is how you're going to manage your property, and you're going to allocate this. Well, let's say that a department complex has a uh, 20% vacancy. You know, there's always vacancies. And they go, well, you're going to give those spaces up. Well, now that's money they've lost and the maintenance and everything else because now all of a sudden there's more usage coming out of that that unit, water and things like that, and maintenance. Yeah. So they're going to have to pass along those those losses to the legitimate uh, the legitimate uh, residents there paying rent. So let's say, like in Boston, you're paying $3,000, 4000 a month. Well, no, you know, they're going to come in and say, well, I'm sorry, but uh, due to the fact here your lease is up, yeah, it's going to go up to $4,000. Okay, 4, you've raised an
0: interesting point. Let's say, hypothetically, you are one of those other residents who's paying rent one of those silly silly Americans who are paying rent every month, and all of a sudden right next to you is an empty apartment, and uh, along comes an illegal into your apartment, and he's getting it for free because, well, I mean, he's illegal, and the government's paying. The government is going to foot the bill. All right, now, is that fair to you who've been paying your bills every single month legally? to have somebody next to you who doesn't have the same value of the property. He doesn't, you know, it's when you get something for free sometimes, you don't you don't take care of it as well as you would if it was your own. Do you know what I'm saying? That's why a lot of guys who own our, uh, apartment buildings will tell you, it's mm-hmm. tough being a landlord because renters in some cases don't value the property as much as owners do. I mean, they'll leave holes in the walls and there'll be things that are out of place that shouldn't be because it's not theirs. So you, all of a sudden you've got a guy come. And by the way, some of these people who are illegal are coming into coming into the United States and don't have a court date for 10 years. So if you let them come into your, your apartment or your house or whatever, uh, don't expect them to leave anytime soon because once they're there, you know, what is it? Possession is 99% of the. Uh, the Nine-tenths of the nine law. Nine-tenths yeah, of the seven. law. Yeah. You, you, you get in. The, they get into your house. They'll burrow in. You'll never get them out. Uh, well, once once the government takes that portion of the
1: house, it's like eminent domain. They now have it forever. But you, you know, it's like, I remember when I was a kid growing up, you know, we had a lot of property and a big front yard going up to the street, and then they said, we're going to put sidewalks in. So they came, and they they said, oh, no, you still pay taxes on this. You annex it. You maintain the grass on the other side of the sidewalk, and, of course, your side. But, you know, the city owns it and dictates it. But, yeah, we had to maintain it, you know, make sure it was nicely groomed and everything, and, you know, with shrubs there. I was like, you know, Dad, what the hell is this? He goes, That's just the way life is, son. I'm Mm -hmm. like going
0: sucks. People forget this, but it's true. You know, uh, when the British ruled in this country back in the uh, 1770s, uh, they one of the problems they had is they mandated that their soldiers be put up in private citizens' homes, meaning they Mm -hmm. would come into uh, Boston or someplace, and instead of building a barracks. They would say, uh, "You have an extra room in your house. We're going to put private so and so in your house. You had no say about it. That's it. They were in your house. Now, with that, at the very least, you knew that the person who was in your in your house was a soldier, whether you liked them or not. He, there's a certain amount of uh, background checking when when you have a soldier staying in your house. If the guys decent enough to be wearing a soldier's uniform, then he has gone through certain steps. Do you know what I'm saying? But when you have Ill- illegals who have come across with no checking, no vetting, you don't know who is in your your house. As a matter of fact, you've heard President Trump and other people say that they're emptying out prisons and uh, insane asylums in, in Venezuela and in Central America. They're shipping them all north. So, you could, you could have a murderer from Venezuela moving into your house because he hasn't been vetted. And uh, Eric Adams has told you, you got to have this guy in. Now, again, right now he's saying it's a suggestion, it's a proposal. But everything with Democrats is in increments. They will take a little step and they won't move backwards. Once the- they got their foot in the door, it's yep. open. Exactly.
1: Well, you know, think about it. You know, you have the uh, the person that comes across the border unvetted. And now you're mandated that they got to be in your house. What if they come in and this could happen? It's still around, tuberculosis. Yeah, but absolutely. Uh,
0: now your family, now you and your family is infected. We talked about it yesterday. You know, uh, these people probably are not going to be staying in New York in, uh, in houses, but uh, there's a, a big concern by a lot of people like uh, Gordon Chang that a lot of Chinese illegals are in this country and they're here for one purpose and one purpose only, and that's uh, to, you know, fight as a military unit. At some point, you know, if there's a war between China and us, they're not going to have to send over battalions because there are battalions of Chinese troops already here, and uh, we're ignoring that reality. Once a
1: soldier, always a soldier. Though I did see something kind of interesting, you know. It, you know, and it was alluding to the fact that I may be a, an old veteran, but don't think for one minute that I won't pick up arms again and defend the flag against enemies. You know, foreign, foreign and domestic. And yeah.
0: domestic. I yep. will fight in my own land. Well, you know, you yeah. wish the heck, the, you wish the heck, somebody in our current military would have that same attitude, because if if the infection, if the enemy has. Has infiltrated the upper echelon of our own military, that you would you would think that people in our in our regular military below them would would take that oath a little more seriously and defend us. We's, we're in trouble. I think, Bill, there are guys in the Pentagon who are not working for our our best uh, interests.
1: Right, but you know they want they want people as soldiers they can manipulate and brainwash. And I'll point it out this way. Let's say you've got a child in school and they're a C student, maybe a D student could be a failing student, but they're going to give you words of encouragement when they get into uh, junior high and high school saying, well, you know what? yeah, your your child's not focused on learning, you know sc- scholastic stuff, but we found they have an IQ that's really uh, in tune to you know, serving our country, being in the military. Why is that that they they want to sweep them out of the school system into recruitment camps to go into the military because they can be manipulated and controlled?
0: Well, I heard the new uh, chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff who's going to uh, be coming in immediately uh, following Millie's retirement, which I guess is the end of the summer. Um, I think his name is I think his name is Johnson. I could be wrong, but he said, that he believes in the policy of allowing unqualified, quote, uh, unqualified people to be get extra training, to get extra mm-hmm. training so that they are then qualified to do their job. So let's say you're somebody who is qualified immediately to go on to the next step. He believes that if the guy next to you who hasn't got either the education or the mental capacity to, to immediately pick up on what he needs to pick up on they give him a little extra training so he is qualified to go on to the next step and i'm thinking well, wait a second what does that do to our to our the level of our soldier does that diminish the quality of soldier that we have sure it does but then on the same behalf they they're looking for
1: bodies bodies to fill uniforms to carry guns that aren't going to question their orders. They're just going to do what they're told to do, and they're going to be given a mindful of gobbledygook about uh, you know what's going on here. So you know you're saying, eh, you know, I hope uh, I hope these vet veterans of past mm-hmm. are are different than some of the veterans of the field. I'm not. I you know, know. I know.
0: I know. I think. I think. I'm, I'm not. D- I think you're right, Bill, but I think we have some great young soldiers too. I'm yeah. saying we do, but I'm saying that they're
1: not wanting those people in control or around. They want to sit there and surround them by the, you know, the, uh, the not-so-gifted, uh, if, uh, if you understand. Well, let my, me ask you a question. I'm not trying question. to pick you, on people. Do
0: you think this is an opportunity? Do you think what they're doing is a setting up a situation where they can uh, draft or encourage illegals to become our soldiers? Sure they are. Oh, my God. Want to be a citizen in the United States? You're illegal right now. Join the military for four years. We'll train you, and you'll get instant citizenship after four years. That's what they're going to do.
1: Yeah, and what they're going to do with the American populace. Now you think about this. Let's say that, you know, this is a country where anybody can make their dreams come true. You can be the lowest of the low, 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 and you can still... Chase a dream. You just got to dream big. Proof of that was a guy I saw on TV the other day. Big, humongous guys with tats and everything. A young guy, but he's just, he's been in jail over 30 times. And he himself will say he was a piece of crap. And that he got lucky. Well, he could sing. So he, he, he sang a song. No record label would have him. But he sang a song called Saved. And all of a sudden, and he put it up on YouTube, he paid for it himself, how he got the money. Who the hell knows, because he drank, he did drugs, he did everything wrong that you could do in life. But the song did well, so well that the record companies came chasing to him. Now, like I said, this guy needs to go on a diet, he's obese, but he's actually a tender, nice guy. And he goes, I am the guy that shouldn't be here, I am the mistake but I'm the proof that you can dream big, but you got to dream bigger than what you think and make it. And a guy by the name of Jelly Roll. Look him up. It's Jelly Roll. And you're going to go, why?
0: I got a feeling that's the name his parents didn't give him.
1: I'm uh, sure it was an adopted uh, street name. I mean, yeah. you know, I mean, but,
0: you know. I, actually, old and he's young. Mr. and Mrs. Roll's little jelly. That's who he is. Yeah.
1: <laughs> but, you know, he people young and old love him. White, black. Chinese, it doesn't matter because he relates to... That's a different, um,
0: but that's a different story. That's a guy who was a, a young... That, seriously, that was, that's an American success story. But, but what, what I'm afraid of is what they're doing now is they're encouraging people who aren't American, who don't grow up right. with the same dreams we have. I mean, you can't take somebody from Venezuela and expect him to spend four years in our army and then be one of us. But here's where I was going with
1: that story. If you go to Russia, backdate a little bit, and what they would do is they would assess your children young. Ah, good aptitude. You're going to be a doctor. We're going to train you to be a doctor. Oh, you can be a nurse. Oh, you can be a farmer. You, my son, are destined to be a soldier. You're expendable. And we're kind of headed that way, too. Well. We're going to take our people
0: and, you know, dictate what their life is going to well, be. Well, you know, the thing was, they trained them almost from their youth to start being yeah. soldiers. Uh, uh, and the difference is, these people are going to be illegals who came across the border, living on, a, living on the dole, and then they're going to go into the service and be our soldiers to protect us. Are they really well,
1: protecting us, or do they have another agenda? You know, we're bringing in people maybe to be soldiers, but we're bringing in people too. That are to be soldiers, but not for us. That's you know, like if you talk about uh, Chinese people that are coming across, and I hate saying uh, you know different uh, nationalities and stuff like
0: that. But let's face it,
1: China has got it in for the United States. They, they want world dominant. Dominance. They want
0: war. They, they want, want war with us. I mean, they, they you know people who who aren't paying attention don't realize it, but China is not a friend, but yet. Who did Biden give the information to? He gave it to China. You know, if Trump had done the things Joe Biden is accused of doing, Trump would already be in jail. Well, they're accusing Trump of a lot of that, which
1: he did not do. But, you know, all what what they want to do is put a mound of crap on top of Trump to get out of it. Yeah, Most but he did, couldn't swim out of it. He hasn't.
0: Yeah, but tr- yeah. Trump hasn't done, Trump hasn't been accused of going to China and and negotiating influence deals with the Chinese. No. He, and and he's already proven that the Russia, Russia, Russia was the hoax that he said. So I mean, everything you you, you know, the, the Democrats are trying to throw at him. Right, right now, right now everything is manufactured. Everything is manufactured. Except for the Joe story and the documents that are saying that even when he was vice president.
1: He was bribed. He took bribes from the Ukraine even, you know, it's like, come on, this guy is a clear criminal, but the FBI and the powers that are be, that be even with the proof and they know, we know they got it. Yeah. They're not going to give it up
0: because they're protecting Joe. I got to play something. We were talking about, uh, migrations and immigrants and listen to what Corinne Jean Pierre said yesterday.
3: I can speak to is what we have seen uh, these past couple of weeks since Title 42 has been lifted. We have seen uh, we've seen uh, legal uh, migration go down. Go down significantly. And that's because of the plan that this president has put forward. You think about diplomacy. You think about deterrence. Uh, you think about making sure that we're expanding legal pathways. That's what the president and his administration has been able to do. And that's why we have seen such a decline uh, at the border. And I think that speaks to the president's leadership and what he's been able to do with his team. And I think that's incredibly important.
0: I'm good. Did you catch what she said? I'll, mm-hmm. I'll repeat it. White House Press Secretary Karine Jean-Pierre on Tuesday said legal migration is down significantly because of Joe Biden's plan. Did you hear what I said? Legal, legal. migration yeah. is down. She just said that in a press conference. Legal migration is down. Well, So what's up? <laughs> illegal migration, yeah. is at an all time high thanks to Joe Biden, uh, and but but she's making it sound like it's a an accomplishment that legal migration is down. You know why it's down, Kareen? Because all the the people who want to come to this country have said, "Hey, yeah. I'm going to go down to the southern border and just cross over, and I'll get all these benefits and perks. We'll get a place to stay. We'll get a uh, a check from the government on a regular basis. We'll get a, a, an iPhone." Yeah. It's a great deal. I mean, they're going to get thousands of dollars worth of goodies just by walking across our border. Why would, why would you come in legally? you have to do it with the green card and, and uh, take uh, citizenship lessons and all of those things. Uh, but that's what they do. The Democrats, they throw nonsense into the wind and they expect you to catch it. You know?
1: Now, if you want to, if your kid wants to get a driver's license, they probably got to take a driving course and they got to study and do everything. A lot of these illegals are getting passes on that and getting to drive right away. That's going to do
0: wonders for your insurance. So you got people who are coming across the border. They could be carrying, like Bill said, tuberculosis, COVID, uh, all these diseases, polio that we, Maybe diseases we, we don't know. Absolutely. They're all coming across and not being checked. They're just being shipped. And um, we're supposed to just accept all of this. And in the meantime, this evil administration, and I'm sorry, any administration that allows this to happen to their people where they are being inundated and they're being invaded by uh, strangers and they don't do a thing to protect them. First of all, think of how little they value you and your family. Think about that for a second. They care so little about your family, they're willing to take completely unvetted strangers and put them right in your neighborhood, maybe in your house. They may be sick. They may be psychologically impaired. They could be killers. They could be anything because they don't know, but they're willing to take the chance because it doesn't affect them. Remember what they did at Martha's Vineyard? Martha's Vineyard, those people didn't stay on that island for 24 hours. They were shipped off Martha's Vineyard. As soon as they got the engine warmed up, they were on the next boat. Bingo. Mm -hmm. Because that affected their lives, the rich, the wealthy in our society. They didn't want them in their neighborhoods, but they have no problem putting them in your neighborhood. Now, Now, are you responsible for their care? If they shove them in your house? You know, that's a good question. What does it do to your insurance?
1: Well, you it's got to go up. I mean, to are you going to feed them? Are you going to clothe them? You're housing them right now. Yeah. Uh, what if they get sick? Are you responsible for that? They infect your family. Well, you're responsible for yeah, that. Yeah, that's true. But are you responsible for them? If they go and do something illegal, you're now harboring... A fugitive? Yeah. Are you partially responsible?
0: Um, I mean, you. Nobody's you, in your talking, house. Bill. Those are good questions that nobody, nobody in authority is talking about. Did you hear Eric Adam in Adams in his press conference yesterday mention anything about uh, health issues and uh, background checks? No, no, that was ignored. You know, if he was a real mayor, if he was a real mayor of the people, he would have said, "Wait a second, Washington." We've done our share. We will take no more. You fly him in, we'll fly him back. We will not be taking any more of these illegals into New York. That's not what Adams said. Adams didn't no. say, stop this. Adams said, uh, let's put it on your shoulders now, Mr. and Mrs. New York citizen. We'll put it right on your shoulders. We'll put it right on your uh, on your porch. <laughs> you're going to be getting to know these people very well. He's doing the dance. He's passing the buck on to the citizens,
1: and then he's going to do his victory lap saying, hey, I, I solved a problem. No, you didn't. You created
0: no. a bigger problem down the road that you'll pass on to somebody else. Um, something interesting happening today. Uh, I don't know if you know about this, but uh, they're going to take a vote, I believe. I think it's today. Maybe it's tomorrow. I think it's today uh, on whether to censure Adam Schiff. Um, Here's uh, Anna Marina, mm. Anna Paulina Luna. I love that name. It sounds like Anna an old. It sounds like an old rock and roll song. Uh, Uma Puluma Blanca, <laughs> Anna yeah. Paulina Luna. Okay, she's a representative from Florida. She had this to say about the censure. You're working diligently on that?
3: Yes. We, th- th- it's going to be an entire hearing.
0: Uh, 30 seconds, shifty shift.
3: So, to my knowledge, tomorrow we will be taking the vote
4: to censure him and potentially fine him. Tomorrow? Tomorrow night.
2: And that has, the, and that, tomorrow night, and that, has a, that backing of leadership? Yes,
4: we're working on the bill right now.
2: They're giving us lots of things now. <laughs> uh, great work. Thank you. Fantastic. And you're having a huge impact, I can tell you. Just the buzz
0: around town. So, fight on. So, that will be tonight. That will be mm-hmm. uh, the, that vote on censure. He could get fined. I think it's sixteen million dollars. Sixteen million dollars. That will keep him quiet for a while. Shifty. Not
1: really. They'll find a way to dance around it. I think the song you were talking about was "My
0: Bellamia." For whatever reason, "My Bellamia." And then it went into. No, that was my "My Bellamia" was um, T-Set. T-Set was the group. I'm thinking there was a song called "Una Paluma Blanca." Paluma Palu- Blanca, yeah. Blanca, and uh, it just it flows like uh, her name, Anna Paulina uh, And there were a Luna. lot
1: of songs like that uh, in that time period, which was before years in my time. Than, I'm a
0: little older than you are. Yeah, I was Bill. giving you a break there, saying before a time. Yeah. You were trying to rescue me, but no, no, uh, I cannot be rescued. <laughs> you tossed away the lifeline. You just yep. hey, you um, went down into the drink, friends. Something interesting happened yesterday. Uh, Tucker Carlson. Yeah. He aired episode, episode one of his new podcast. Is it, would it be a podcast? It's on Twitter. It's called Tucker on Twitter. And here's how he ended the uh, show yesterday.
4: So if you're wondering why our country seems so dysfunctional, this is a big part of the reason. Nobody knows what's happening. A small group of people control access to all relevant information. And the rest of us don't know. We're allowed to yap all we want about racism, but go ahead and talk about something that really matters and see what happens. If you keep it up, they'll make you be quiet. Trust us. That's how they maintain control. When Western tourists first started traveling in large numbers to the Soviet Union in the early 1970s, they found that many Russians had a completely warped understanding of the United States. They thought that Americans lived in grinding poverty in a state of perpetual race war and were desperate to flee to the freedom and prosperity of the Eastern Bloc. They thought this because that's what they had been told. They had no way to know otherwise. The few Russians who understood what was really going on in the rest of the world had learned about it from listening to shortwave radio broadcasts, sometimes under the covers so the neighbors wouldn't hear. Fifty years later, it is bewildering to consider the ironies here. We're the ones who live in ignorance now. The U.S. government has managed to classify more than a billion so-called public documents. So at this point we can't possibly know what our leaders are doing. We're not allowed to know. By definition, that is not a democracy, yet it's fine with the media. Secrecy is a powerful tool of control. Stop asking how we got so rich, here's another story about racism, go eat each other. That's the program, that's how most of us now live here in the United States manipulated by lies, silenced by taboos. It is unhealthy and it's dehumanizing, and we're tired of it. As of today, we've come to Twitter, which we hope will be the shortwave radio under the blankets. We're told there are no gatekeepers here. If that turns out to be false, we'll leave. But in the meantime, we are grateful to be here. We'll be back with much more very soon.
0: And let me tell you a little something about Tucker's new show. Um, On a great day, Bill, when he was at Fox... He would get maybe 3.5 million viewers a night, a lot of people uh, watching his program. Yesterday, uh, by the time I went to bed last night, I think he had 13 million viewers, and I would imagine by now it's been maybe 20 million viewers for that one one episode. I mean, he he had more people access his work yesterday than an entire week on Fox. So what does that say about, uh, about Tucker? And, you know, he, he's probably going to pick up a sponsorship for this for this program, and he'll probably do very well, thank you very much, with his, no, his new program. And, you know, he heard him say at the end, there's no censorship here. If there is, we'll leave. Well, there are other venues that he can go to. He can go to Rumble. He can go to Truth Social. He knows this. He knows this. That's why he can say what he said. If there was nothing else out there, that would be a different story. But I think that, uh, I think that Elon Musk and the people at Twitter are true allies to Tucker. So I think that uh, he's not going to have a problem at all. I think he's going to be around for a long time. Your mic isn't on, Bill. I can't hear a word you're saying. Nothing. Nothing's coming. There first. we go. Yeah, ah, Mute there. I, yeah, you did what I did a little while ago. Yeah, yeah, well, it's, you know, it's contagious.
1: Yeah, that happened. <laughs> you know, I was saying that Elon now he's uh, he's chiming in about a lot of political things. You know, he says he's not a conservative, and all right, but you're a patriot still, nonetheless, and you're maybe a modern day moderate. You know, that somebody that just wants to, you know do the
0: right thing mm-hmm. and uh, we've gotten so far off base, it's terrible. Can you imagine though imagine 13 million viewers uh, to that little podcast and it was by the way, it was about 11 minutes long. It was not a typical uh, 60 minute program like we do every day. Uh, but it was the beginning. And I would imagine as the show grows when he starts picking up guests and things like that, uh it will be different. I would imagine that Tucker will have a much larger support system than you and I do. You and oh, I for yeah. the most part do it on our own. Uh I would imagine he'll have a producer and directors and a lot of staff people from his original show will be working with him there. Well,
1: one of the things though that you know I noticed on that piece and you know, by the numbers and what's successful on Twitter is people have short attention spans, so he, he focused it. One thought, two minutes in and out, done, and so
0: which is kind of uh, what we do, Bill, for the most yeah. part. We we keep all of going. our topics are just short, yeah, because it's it's not necessarily our listeners' attention span that's short; it's our yeah, it's attention. Ours. Span. Yeah, <laughs> yes. hey, look, you know, I can sit there.
1: high. I'm and right at high. I've already my mind is. Moved two on. blocks away. Yeah, it's moved on from that conversation. <laughs> I'm thinking about lunch, really am. And when I think about lunch and what I want to do, I'm already focused on what <laughs> dinner. I'm doing after and dinner and uh, yes. what's on TV tonight.
0: Hey, uh, did you hear, uh, what, shallow. hear about those vending machines in New York? Speaking of New oh, York, Oh,
1: yeah, the, the paraphernalia that's uh, in there. You know, it's funny because paraphernalia has always been available mm-hmm. to these people because you go into a Walgreens, a CBS. Usually, the pharmacy to you know for health reasons, they we did when I managed the Walgreens. You know, we gave, we kept a supply. We no, we didn't give them an abundance, but you know, we knew they are going to. You're get a talking needle.
0: about these vending machines have Narcan, which I think is a good idea. Right, we didn't have Narcan. It's, it's free Narcan, which is uh, right. Uh, an it's free an, anyway. It's an anti-overdose medicine, which literally. If somebody's on the brink of death, they give them a, a jab of Narcan, and it's not a jab; it's a sniff, isn't it? It's it's in the nose. Well, I don't know. I, I, I don't. I think, I think it's sprayed in the nostril. I think they. I think, uh, well, I think you can give them a shot too. Here's
1: my problem with the Narcan. I'm you know, in one hand, I say it's a good thing. Uh, on the other hand, um, you know, it's a bad thing because somebody that's sitting there going, when you look at fentanyl, that's really what it's fighting. Fentanyl is multiple times more dangerous than heroin or all these other uh, morphine. You know, it's more potent and it can kill you on the spot. But if you took it and wanted to get that ultimate buzz and go to the brink, then you can take the Narcan and reverse it right away. Is that going to make fentanyl more, you know, attractive? Attractive, because. Oh, I can take it to the edge and – or you stand by well, and give I, I, it to me I when mean, you see my
0: tongue hanging out. I think there might be a, a certain a certain element of people who will do that, but these are these are risk-takers that uh, you'll find in almost any situation. Mm-hmm. Not, I think the fact that there are some innocent people out there who, for whatever reason, ingest this crap into their system uh, – this will be a lifesaver. This will this will keep them on the on this planet, uh, and it's. Uh, I think that's a good thing. But they also are going to have in these vending vending machines condoms, and of course the all, all too needed ever popular, crack pipes, free crack pipes. Now I'm not too sure about that, but uh, they're saying that's a that's a good thing, um, and the first day they had the machines in place. Most of them were emptied out within 24 hours. So,
1: so You know, you can buy the key to open up the machine online. You know that, right? You can go to Amazon and get the key for it. So, you know, somebody that's, you know, all they're doing is giving a free supply of paraphernalia to a person that's going to go and steal it and then take it and sell it. They've just created a business for somebody.
0: Well, that's probably true. Another very interesting story yesterday, and this is something which uh, I... I think it's probably truthful because the gentleman who is interviewed here um, is a guy who has an incredible background. He's been in intelligence. he's a former uh, uh, military officer. He is a uh, uh, highly decorated. His name is David Charles Grush. He was interviewed uh, I think it was on News Nation, which is a new cable network. Mm-hmm. and it's four minutes long. But this is a topic which is going to carry us. We have 20 minutes left on the program. It's probably going to keep us going for 20 minutes. This is David Charles Grush.
3: UFOs exist. The U.S. government found quite a number of them, and they are indeed of non-human origin. Those are the explosive allegations from a former intelligence officer tonight in a whistleblower complaint that the inspector general is taking very seriously. 36-year-old Air Force veteran David Grush is exposing what he calls a top-secret military program that has reportedly found wreckage of fully intact UFOs. The government now calls them UAPs or Unidentified Anomalous Phenomena. For years there have been whispers and rumors that the government had aircraft of non-human origin. This report is the first evidence it might be true. The inspector general has called Brush's complaint urgent and credible. Tonight we have a world television exclusive interview with the whistleblower in which he claims we not only have the aircraft, but the government has been keeping much of it secret from Congress and from the public. News Nation senior national correspondent, Brian Enten is here with the story, and this is a blockbuster.
4: It is a blockbuster. It's really hard to wrap your mind around this. I've been working on this for the past couple of weeks. I'm still having a hard time processing, right. uh, processing all of it. All, over the last couple of years, it sort of became mainstream to discuss UFOs. The government has released videos. They've acknowledged that we don't know what some of this stuff is out there that we have on camera, but this really takes it all to another level. For the very first time, the world is about to hear from a former high-level U.S. intelligence officer who says the government has some of the unidentified craft in its possession. He is revealing these exclusive details about the secret government program.
2: You are one of the most trusted Former intelligence officials in the U.S. defense and intelligence establishment. Yes, I was. You were trusted with the most intimate secrets.
4: Yes. Grush sitting down with award-winning investigative journalist Ross Coldheart, who's reporting for News Nation and has spent years reporting on the UFO question.
2: What conclusion did you come to at the end of your time on the UAP task force?
5: Uh, The UAP task force was refused access to um, a broad crash retrieval program. When you say crash retrieval, what do you mean? Uh, These are retrieving non-human origin uh, technical vehicles, you know, call it spacecraft if you will. Non-human, exotic origin vehicles that have either landed or crashed. We have spacecraft from another species. We do, yeah. How many? Quite a number. You're kidding. No. I thought it was totally nuts, and I thought at first I was being deceived, it was a ruse. People started confiding in me, they approached me. I have plenty of current former senior intelligence officers that came to me, many of which I knew almost my whole career, that confided in me they were a part of a program. They named the program, I've never heard of it, and they they told me, based on their oral testimony, um, and they provided me documents and other, other proof. That there was, in fact, a program that the UAP task force was uh, not read into. If you're right, if you're telling us the truth, Mm
2: -hmm. everyone, the entire American public, has been lied to for decades.
5: Yeah, there's a sophisticated uh, disinformation campaign targeting the U.S. populace, which is extremely unethical and immoral. You are saying to the human race, for the first time,
2: an official intelligence representative at a high level from the US government
5: is saying publicly we are not alone we're definitely not alone absolutely the data points empirically that we're not alone yeah do we have bodies do we have species of w- well non-human? naturally um, when you recover something that's either landed or crashed um, sometimes you encounter um, dead pilots and uh, believe it or not as fan- as fantastical as that sounds,
0: it's true. <laughs> I mean, is that really weird? They're out there. The answer is out there.
1: <laughs> let's get uh, let's get Mulder on the uh, the job right now. He'll uh, get I, down to the bottom of it. I think we need him. Um, the whistle- okay, let me ask you a question. Do you, Jim Arendon
0: believe? That we are not alone; that there really are aliens. All you have to do, in my opinion, is to look up and on a clear night at the thousands of stars out there, and it's, I think, uh, selfish and egotistical to think that we're the only ones. Out of all of that, we're the only ones. No, I, I all think right. there's something else out there. I, I think. Uh, also, you know, with the advent of cell phones, have you noticed there's been uh many more sightings uh, that have been caught on on cell phones over the last uh, 10 years or so? I mean, uh we're seeing more images of these triangle objects in the sky and stuff like that. Um you know, it's interesting you mentioned that because
1: um you know, when we came up with the stealth technology and uh, it was out there. Uh our, uh, our adversaries figured out how to spot the planes that were radar evasive because cell signals are everywhere. And when the radar evasive, uh, you know, vehicle flies through these signals, mm-hmm. they become apparent via those signals, not typical radar. But in other words, there's always something out there that can detect anything. So, right. Yeah, I'm sure that uh, those those spacecraft, you know, if well, spacecraft, you know, you go back to being 19... spotted by
0: something. 1947, Roswell, New Mexico. Roswell. Uh, they had that crash, and mm-hmm. the very first day, the head of the uh, base there said, "No, we got a we got a flying saucer." That's what he called it. We captured a flying saucer. Then Washington contacted him and said, "Knock it off. It was a weather balloon." Okay. And he had to follow orders. So he did a retraction and said, no, no, we looked at it and uh, it's actually a weather balloon. And you see a picture of him holding up the the crumpled remains of a sabotaged weather balloon. But anybody who knows the real story will tell you it wasn't a weather balloon. No. You you know, I mean, there's too much that happens in this world. Think about this. A lot of people believe. That it's it would be impossible for mankind to have grown from the horse and buggy era, the Iron Age, to the high-tech computer era that we're in right now in a span of 120 years. But yet we have. As a matter of fact, we've only had computers, really, since like 1940. So that's what, 60? Yeah. That's 83 years, computers? We've gone from computers being the size of a house and having the power of of nothing, I mean, literally slow as can be, to computers that uh, are in your hand that have more power than the Defense Department had in its entire computer system in 1955. I mean, oh, you yeah. you hold in your hand the mo- an amazingly powerful tool. You know the uh, the yeah the device in your hand could fly.
1: Uh, by our old technology and even some of the current technology, a
0: spaceship, yeah. a starship could put, uh, a, it could could it put a, it. a rocket, a ship on the moon, with mm-hmm. with the power of the computer, uh, the computer inside those phones. Um, but anyway, this guy, this David Grush, people, some people say ah, he sounds too casual about this. He's a decorated former combat officer in Afghanistan. He's a veteran of the National Geospatial Intelligence Agency and the National Reconnaissance Office. He served as the Reconnaissance Office's representative to the Unidentified Aerial Phenomena Task Force from 2019 to 2021. From late 2021 to July 2022, he was the NGA's co-lead for UAP analysis, and a rep- it's representative to the task force. What was interesting, by the way, is the anchor at the beginning of that report called it Unidentified Anonymous Phenomena. They can't figure out what the UAP stands for. It stands for Unidentified Aerial Phenomena. Uh, that's what it stands for. But that's a new term that they came up with to take away the stigma of the little green men image that UFOs had. I I heard that from the guy who actually invented that name. Have you noticed there's a lot of stories lately about, you know, we are not alone.
1: Before, it was nah, 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 nah. But now I think we're to a point to where if there is a big cover-up, you know, you can only contain something so long, and they got to soften us up for the fact that maybe uh, there's uh, something bigger out there at play that uh,
0: has got an influence on us. And what would you think of, uh, would you put it past this administration to all of a sudden create a otherworldly crisis uh, uh, to detract from the story that uh, is going to take the administration down, the in, the influence-peddling story? I mean, mm-hmm. would you put it past Joe and his crew to all of a sudden create a crisis with aliens right you know we're being attacked by aliens we have to pay attention to that and don't look at the story over in the corner about joe biden and his influence peddling well you know i you gotta wonder though what would um
1: you know i guess i'm a sci-fi fanatic and i watched all the star trek uh series that were out there uh and you can't interfere with uh you know, uh, uh, when you visit strange new worlds and civilizations, that was the creed of the Federation.
0: But what is their interest in us? Why would they share technology with us? Hey, there are some you people know, say it goes back to they they were here back in the days of the Egyptians. What is there to gain? Now, I, 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 I we, when I was up in Boston here last
1: week, you know, the, my, my lady friend up there, because she saw that I liked Twilight Zone, she goes, oh, there was a favorite episode, you know, this old black and white one. And uh, she goes, yeah, it's to serve man, you know, and uh, oh, you know yeah. the aliens give <laughs> you know the one, and I'm yes. sitting there going, I had not seen it, but I sat there yes. and I said, to serve man sounds like you know oh, they're sucks. they're going to cook, they're they're going to have us for dinner. That's what they were and, talking and, about, and, and yeah, they would said that we're going to give you all these things. There is no more famine, there is no more war. Uh, we've wiped out disease, everything, and all you have to do is just live and enjoy and. And you have the finest food and everything, and then they invited you to their planet, <laughs> and then and it turned out you know the one lady finally that was cracking the code said, "Yeah, the the manual they they got there is is called to serve Ben. Oh, well, that's nice. It was You're a recipe. A <laughs> it was a recipe book. You know, I was like, yeah. on, you know, are we being set up for something bigger? You know, we're we're, we're on the menu, or maybe we're going to be groomed to be, uh, maybe there's there's. Good and bad aliens.
0: Well, maybe we're going to be their fighting soldiers. I don't know. There are some people who believe that aliens have been here for centuries and uh, they have helped us to grow along the way. You know, some people believe that if you check the DNA of man, you'll find some alien DNA. I mean, this is just the theories that are out there. Well, supposedly
1: they have found the remains. Of an alien fossil that proves that uh, we actually came from where they came from. We are their off-shooter, off-breed. Yeah. So somewhere they colonized, and they uh, so we're really They planted aliens. their seed in this planet. Yeah, we're really uh, aliens
0: on our own world. So maybe earthlings maybe Earthlings could be Martians, right? Yeah, maybe we're
1: just. Maybe we're just here to uh, take care of the planet and get it ready for them. Who knows? Because theirs is dying, and then they'll get rid of us. (laughs) Maybe they engineered us to have a limited lifespan so we can get things ready for them, and they come. Who the hell
0: knows? I knew that this would be a topic that we would discuss for a while, but uh, (laughs) I I just thought that was interesting. That was actually legitimate news because the guy has credentials this wasn't some guy who was holding a sign on fifth avenue the world will end Uh, let's interview him no this is a guy who has been involved with the system for quite some time and he has credentials and he's being very matter-of-fact you know they they said do you find any alien bodies he says well you know sometimes when these things crash you find uh, the bodies of the deceased pilots i mean it's just a fact well how do you know that all the pilots were deceased well, you don't. You, you you don't know whether they, in some location right now, somewhere on our, on our beautiful uh, soil could be uh, a little alien discussing the next thing that has to be done to develop the next stealth bomber or something. Oh, yeah. Have you ever wondered how technology has just skyrocketed in the past 50 years? Seriously. I mean, we've gone from... Uh, it, it, let's say let's go back to the turn of the 20th century literally we were on a horse and buggy i mean that's how we got around that was the main mode of transportation then cars came along and they were a joke they were horseless carriages is what they called them and that's what they looked like a carriage with a with a motor on the back all of a sudden our technology morphed and it morphed quickly. It morphed from biplanes to single-wing planes to uh, prop planes to jet engines. From jet engines to rockets, it has gone huge steps forward. We've gone from computers that were initially literally uh, calculators—you know, where you punched in the, the code and adding machines—to mm-hmm. what we have today. You know, think about
1: though the the uh, just the the mere fact that we. We're alive. We exist. We exist on a planet that is, you know, just perfect to sustain human life. It floats out there in space where there are millions of different debris, asteroids and whatnot. And we've had a history of being hit by it before, Mm -hmm. but all of a sudden we are free of it. And we're just immune to most of the things that would wipe out other planets. And we contain life and you know, we go on and on and on and on and on, and the, just the odds of where we are today—you know—it's—it's it's unfathomable I know. of what uh, what is going on. So, well, you gotta wonder about everything. Oh, by the way, a little change of subject here. I don't know where we are in time. Uh, I was going to bring it up. I don't have it written down, but apparently, I was well. I was reading a story about uh, a cancer pill. Uh, some forms of cancer now. Uh, mm-hmm. they have uh, with Moderna, you know, that little DNA thing that they do that they uh, they attach the COVID thing yeah. to? Mm-hmm. Well, now they can use that same structure. MRNA. Yeah, that's it, you yeah. know, and attach uh, stuff to it to fight cancer and basically cure you of certain types of cancer. But Is that another way of getting MRNA in and you? other stuff in everybody? Because. Well, we have the cure to cancer. Sure. Here it is. It's got mRNA. Now, somebody makes money out of this and becomes a gazillionaire, and we are now all maybe
0: waiting for the flip of a switch to turn us on. Have you ever – there's a line there, Bill, but I'm not going to touch it. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Don't don't touch that. No. Um, But when you think about it (laughs) – you're just a dirty old you know, man. You know,
1: women women you know,
0: everywhere right now are rolling their eyes in your but have you watched Her the,
1: head just went down and hit her hand. Have, rolled, have yeah.
0: you ever watched the uh, uh, the number of commercials on television that are being paid for by pharmaceutical companies?
1: Oh, they own everything. And you know what? As far as I'm concerned, I'm for everybody making a profit on something. But I think, and, you know, the pharmaceutical companies, Uh, most of what they manufacture, we can find the generic remedies for. They have it. I'm sure they have the remedies for everything and know about it, but they can't patent it or copyright it, so they will not release it. There is no profit in it for them, but if they own it, well, Mm. then they can. And I really think that that law should change. But then again, nobody would go out and research what's good for us. Uh, But I think when it comes to medicines – and things that concern your health that shouldn't be a for-profit thing that ought to be something that is public domain that we everybody has the right to
0: okay I was just thinking while you were while you were going through your yeah, you're on my diatribe, your diatri- yeah. yeah um I was thinking that you know we worry about all this stuff about wars and about where our country's going and and all, mm-hmm. and, and actually maybe we shouldn't because maybe the aliens are going to straighten everything out. And that's, I what doubt it. you know, maybe they're here to uh, to put us on track, you know? You know, I've heard, by the way, that aliens, when they see us working with certain weapons, nuclear weapons, after they, every test, they have a there. sighting. They have a sighting over the, the, uh, the testing ground where they test the nuclear weapons so i mean they're interested in what's going on down here there was supposedly a time back in 1967 at one of our missile silos when they yeah. they turned all of the switches off off so they were all in ready mode you know in the they silos turned them up, but they've turned them on too yeah that was in russia in in our country they turned them off and russia unexpectedly They went into a sequence to fire the the uh, missiles, and they they were scurrying all over the place to shut it down. So apparently, there's a belief that these aliens have the ability to turn things on and turn things off to affect us physically. You know, you never hear this talked about, Bill, but uh, there was a time supposedly, and this was talked about in one of the articles I read yesterday, where. Walter Cronkite was doing a uh, a play-by-play of a rocket launch mm-hmm. in in Florida and the missile took off the rocket took off and then all of a sudden it froze mid-air it stopped mid-air and then it stayed there for a while and then it took it continued on its way and Cronkite was told do not you are bound by law to not discuss this with anybody, but it's out there. If you don't believe me, Walter Cronkite rocket launch uh, story, you know, it's there. Uh, so there are things that we don't have all the, uh, the facts about, you know, they're, they're, we're, we're, we think we know it all, right? We don't.
1: Well, you know, we could never land a rocket on the ground. You know, we always had to splash down in the ocean. Elon Musk came along. He could. Well, the Russians could. They could land on the ground. And now we all can, uh, even NASA has. And there's a lot of expo- exploration going up.
0: And there's a big quest to go deep, deep, deep into space, even beyond Mars. The Russians did it with a parachute and with padding on the bottom of the, uh, the capsule. Literally, they parachuted their capsule back to Earth because they had much more Earth to land on, they then they had water. The closest water they dealt with, for the most part, was uh, the Bering Sea. You don't want to be landing anything there. But um, what Elon Musk did is he figured out a way. He figured out a way. Literally, you know how a rocket sits on its on its fins, tail fins, right? He launches it, it does its thing, and then he brings it back, and it lands absolutely perfectly on its fins. It doesn't parachute. It just lands like it took off.
1: You know, there's a new company. I don't know the name of it, but I saw the guy that's ahead of it. That's a kid that's 25 years old, and he's already he did a test flight last week. His rocket went into space, went perfectly, and his goal is to go to Mars. And, of course, I'm going, well, that's great. All right, where did this kid from middle-class suburbia get the money to do this? I mean, I'm starting to believe that money – is it's just a, it's not what you and I normally think it is. You know, it, it's more of a leash than it is anything else that when you, re, you know, Elon Musk is saying money is obsolete. We're not going to need money. I forget what he called it, but it's a certain wealth or an abundance of knowledge that you don't need it. You know, that we woo, can exist without it.
0: Hey, look at friends, happy so send stuff. Send me all your money that you don't need. <laughs> Thank you, Soupy Sales. I'll get rid of it for you. Hey, listen, if you want to contact us, 833-538-7868, 833-538-7868. That's right. We're the Z-Files. You know, there was the X-Files. We're taking it one step further. Uh oh, yeah. <laughs> Bill, we have an email address, too, right?
1: Yeah, we do. It's mail at com. I'll give you a physical address to send that money, or you can just you can drive it over, <laughs> drop it off at a drop box out front. He'll go get Again, it. He'll, yeah, go, uh, he'll go to I'll, your house. I'll dispose of it for you because you really don't need it. According to Elon Musk, it's a, it's a thing of the past.
0: Have a great day, my friend. We'll see you tomorrow.
1: Adios. It's just a community service, Jim.